Welcome to the Oral Health Podcast. For today's episode, Dr. Ben Atkins and Dr. Monique Vassant are sitting down to discuss the impact that COVID-19 has had on the dental industry. As always, we are following all of the COVID restrictions in place at the time of recording, meaning that all of the guests are recorded remotely at home. Thank you to Align Technology for sponsoring this episode of the Oral Health Podcast. Now over to Ben. So welcome everybody to this online podcast for National Smile Month this year. Align Technology are our platinum sponsors and they've lined up one of my favourite people in dentistry, Monique Vassant, who we all know is Mr. Composite. So Monique, welcome to um, our podcast. Thanks for having me guys. Lovely to be part of this. So what we're going to do, Monique, if that's okay, I'm going to ask you a few questions about the digital journey that we do, this wonderful Zoom boom we apparently we are in. What's your feelings on this strange COVID journey we've been through and how that has advanced your Zoom boom? I feel like the last 12 months have really seen us embrace technology a lot more than we ever thought we would in all facets of our life. Um, personally speaking, um, it's impacted us a lot in terms of the way we deliver certain aspects of postgraduate training on the various courses that we run, but also uh, interacting with both potential patients and uh, current patients. Uh, we've seen things like Zoom and video chat, video conferencing, remote monitoring, all these sorts of things really transform the way that we deliver our care to some of the patients. And it's really made us think twice a little bit about how we use our surgery time because I certainly felt that there was vast amounts of surgery time that we were spending on items where we were really just kind of talking to people one of the most expensive things we have as professionals is our time price of that time is magnified by the fact that if we're in a surgery it's all the other people who who we're having to uh, you know, look after in that period as well. So uh, your hourly costs are significantly higher when you're doing things in the surgery. So I think for us, certainly it's freed up a lot of chair space. Um, But also it's meant that certain jobs, which I'd normally hate doing, I can do from the comfort of my own home. (laughs) Uh, And back to the point about our uh, postgraduate training aspects, we've seen a variety of postgraduate training providers really embrace technology and video webinars and all this sort of things. Uh, and we, we were quite early on in the first lockdown when we delivered our first webinar, and it was really nice to stay connected to our delegates, but also deliver aspects of our programs that didn't need the delegates to be face-to-face with us. So, yeah, I think, I think all in all, given the circumstances, we've probably um, you know, transformed the way that we uh, do a lot of the things in our daily lives because of the situation we've been forced into you've mentioned you've moved things out of your surgery space because like quite rightly it's running a dental practice your biggest overheads are your team your building etc etc and if you can almost negate that it's massive how do you feel that oral health can be evolved in this journey do you know it's that utilization of your team to be doing stuff on on zoom whilst you're doing stuff on zoom you know how, how do you feel that do you think that will evolve over time? I mean, it's a tricky one. Um, I'm sure that there will come a point where patients probably are quite keen to not be on Zoom and not be on computers. Yeah. Uh, so there's, there's probably a bit of that. But I think that certainly anything 
that we can do to make things more convenient, more accessible for patients and cheaper for patients, because obviously if there's no chair time involved, it's going to have a considerable cost saving on a patient. And so anything we can do to get uh, the message of oral health and uh, across in uh, the most digestible way possible with the least cost, then it's going to have a positive impact. So yeah, I, I do see aspects, but I think it's like one of those things we don't really know where we'll end up with all this sort of stuff. I think, you know, we kind of gradually day by day maneuvered our way through the last 12 months. And I'm sure once things open up and we start going back to some of the old ways, we'll probably start questioning some of the things as we're doing them going, hmm, why am I doing this here? Why can't we deliver this here? Or why don't we get this message across to the patient or reinforce this message using our team, uh, you know, with, with sort of regular check-ins maybe with patients who are uh, struggling with certain aspects of their uh, or hygiene or care. I just think there's loads of potential. And I think the, the biggest thing in all this has been the uh, breaking of our norm. And as soon as we've broken the norm, and, uh, it, it's going to make us question pretty much everything that we do now. Uh, and I'm sure, you know, come 12 months, there'll be a lot of new things that we'll be doing that we haven't even thought about now. So, Monique, how do you feel the online assessments is going to continue po- for, for the next 10 years, I suppose, the, the, the evolution of that? I think we'll probably see that this will play a massive part of all healthcare, not just dentistry, moving forward. And I can see more and more things being developed and used to the point where, you know, probably in 10 years from now, our normal patient interaction will be so far removed from what it is today that it will be staggering. I mean, if we just look at digital dentistry, for example, in terms of, you know, scanning and all this sort of stuff, if we look at where we were five years ago and look how far we've come already, and this is just the beauty of technology, um, you know, it, it is really driving healthcare in such a big way. And, um, it's changing every facet of our of our healthcare. So teledentistry is just one aspect, but all aspects of digital healthcare are gonna are gonna kind of come even more to the fore than they already are. If we look at things like intraoral scanners, probably I think I don't know how much of the uh, the dentist population is currently uh, using scanners, but it's probably less than ten percent, I suspect. And then we look at this sort of stuff you know doing virtual consultation doing virtual monitoring virtual stuff it's only going to grow uh because now the ice is broken we're happy to sort of do it patients are a bit more comfortable of it so i could see us probably in in 10 years time doing a lot more virtually where almost um even 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 things like um uh diagnosis uh and, and you know if we look at the smartphone and what we can do with that who knows where we'll be in 10 years from now i've always wondered why intraoral scanners are so big compared you know when you see what you can do with a smartphone as time goes on these devices there'll be more and more things for patients to be able to scan their teeth and just send us a quick report and we'll be able to literally see everything so i think there'll be there'll be a lot more uh, as time goes on but it's exciting in, in many ways uh, not so exciting if you're uh, selling impression material and amalgam but <laughs> if you're uh, if you're uh, if you're into technology and you're a bit of a techie like myself I could I, I can imagine it being exciting for years you're usually one of these dentists who leads in the front and you'll have a go at most things and then evolve and do what you do because obviously I've known you for a long time something I'm really proud of that profession is 
we have been open for the last the second lockdown because we're a very safe place and our patients are confident in that and you, you alluded to before that people might want to come and see us because we are very good at what we do how what's what's your favorite thing that you won't go back to what what's the thing that you thought oh that's just such a time-saving thing that I love from my patient perspective and to save that time for your patient? I think there was the, the two aspects of patient-related um, digital stuff that, that have really made a big difference. Uh, I think one of them is the ability to offer an informal initial uh, meeting, uh, like initial virtual free consultations. We used to uh, do a lot of this either with our treatment coordinator in the clinic or in the actual chair with the clinician. You know, it, it would mean that sometimes patients would be uh, coming in, uh, traveling in to find out some initial sort of entry uh, level information, because obviously these sort of conversations uh, were always meetings, informal meetings, they were just getting a chance for the patient to meet us and, and, and hear some potential ideas. So I think those sort of interactions are absolutely perfectly done uh, online because patients, uh, if they realise that, you know, the sort of things they're kind of asking for are just not possible or we or maybe their expectations are so far, far off. Uh, and also from our end, um, maybe maybe they just don't like us for whatever reason, then, uh, you know, it just gives them, uh, it's a nice, safe, easy way of getting to know somebody a little bit. And I think that's certainly one aspect that we will always keep now virtual, that initial free meeting. Uh, I think that's a great way of doing it. Plus, again, you're not uh, stressed about overheads and things like that uh, during that period. And I think the second uh, part was the virtual monitoring of some of our Invisalign patients. I think Invisalign virtual care, which enables us to just keep a bit of a regular touch with the patient is a really cool, cool thing to do. Because sometimes, uh, you know, you'd see your Invisalign cases every four to eight weeks, depending on the case. Some of those appointments would be really, really brief. Um, you know, we wouldn't be having to uh, check a lot, especially in really compliant patients. So it's quite nice to be able to do some of those things virtually just to make sure the patient, just to G the patient along, uh, to keep their motivation up, to make them know that we're sort of, uh, we're monitoring them, that we care uh, and, and all these sorts of things. So I found that patient compliance uh, for the aligners has been much better uh, over this last year. Now, some of that could be because they've not been able to go to the pub or anything, but, <laughs> um, but, but generally patients have responded really well to the fact that they're getting a little bit more monitoring um, than they would normally get. And, you know, we were always doing things pretty carefully, but this is just an extra tier of it now. And I think that definitely will stay. So I think those two aspects have been the big change for us from looking at our clinic. So we're on zoom today and it's, um, a bit technical it's, it's a bit of a challenge sometimes how have you found your patient's attitude to that because some research we did with the foundation was about people's almost oh especially men have suddenly started looking at their teeth more because of this i mean i know i have but what's your how are you finding that with your clientele monique yeah i think well, we found this unprecedented demand for aesthetic dentistry that nobody saw coming uh, after the first lockdown um, and uh, funnily enough, we've not seen the same uh, boom when it comes to 
functional dentistry or or, or, or or preventative care, which which I guess is troubling actually, because you know we we don't want the silent sort of problems uh, you know magnifying and and then and then leading to big problems. So that would be one big message um, that, that that you know even though we've got this massive influx of patients looking to improve the aesthetics of their teeth based on the fact that they're staring themselves on a screen all day, um, we mustn't forget that there's probably a lot of patients who aren't aware of a problem and maybe haven't been seeking a professional sort of preventative care because of you know lack of sleep problem and willingness to not put them go out there so yeah we've seen a big influx from uh, patients staring at themselves in the uh, on the screen or uh, in the mirror over the last few uh, last few months and aesthetic dentistry i would say is 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 having probably its biggest sort of boom in years uh, but like we said preventative dentistry has really uh, quietened down a lot and uh, you know, we'll, we see a lot of practices. Um, I've never seen dentistry so polarised in terms of people's experiences over the past year. We've had the guys doing uh, aesthetic dentistry or uh, mixed practice, uh, mixed practices where they do quite a lot of aesthetic work, having probably their biggest year in terms of demand and probably turnover. Um, uh, but then we've seen other practices where their focus has mainly been on uh, uh, health and uh, preventative care, um, maybe not doing as much of the uh, fancy uh, aesthetic work and all that sort of stuff. And um, they've seen a big sort of dip and, um, you know, they've had a really, really tough year. Um, and even within um you know, within groups of colleagues, we've seen such different experiences. Obviously, we train nearly 2,000 dentists a year and dental therapists a year. And just seeing the completely varied uh, experiences from people over the past uh, over the past 12 months has been, you know, staggering. Uh, and really, this this one point has been if they're, if they're in a practice where there's an aesthetic focus, they've had an amazing probably 12 months in terms of work. Uh, but if they're not, they've probably had a really, really tough time of it. And uh, yeah, it's, it's, it's a very odd situation. You briefly mentioned about the polarisation of our profession earlier on. The, the challenge is it's not just all, all fancy stuff. How do you feel patients have been dealing with a preventative journey over the past year? I do think it's been one of the biggest victims uh, as far as dentistry goes. Um, undiagnosed disease, um, uh, pain-free problems, uh, these sort of things. I think there is going to be a little bit of a time bomb uh, uh, of all that sort of coming to fruition over the next few months. Um, I think we'll probably spend a lot of the next 12 months dealing with a lot, of dealing with the sort of fallout from that, uh, obviously, as well. You know, we, we can't forget to mention, you know, the barriers to access to secondary care as well. You know, the last, uh, especially health service related secondary care, you know, like uh, specialist departments in hospitals and all this sort of stuff um, have obviously, because of what's been going on, um, been stretched. That is the worrying thing. Like I said, I think we've had a, we, we, we've managed to cope very well in a very, very difficult time as a profession. But, um one of the big losers in it has been preventative care and prevention, secondary care, all this sort of stuff. So, yeah, I mean, 
clearly there might be funding issues there possibly that 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 needs addressing you know i think the uh, powers that be need to make sure proper attention is given to the funding uh, especially secondary care because i can imagine there being a huge backlog uh, with this sort of stuff um so yeah uh, i think uh, not not great in answer to your question it's probably been the biggest victim monique thank you so much for your time today it's been um, as ever enthralling with your journey in Destra and I, I, I wait for, with bated breath to see what you'll do next in our, for our profession. Have a day off, probably. <laughs> I th- Monique, I doubt it. We, we all know you'll not have a day off, mate. You've not had a day off in about 10 years, so why would you have one now? Yeah, this was supposed to be one, to be fair, but I've managed to find a way of filling it full of, uh, of lots of important things to do, all worthwhile, like speaking to you, Ben, while you're in a gym there. Absolutely, but, mate. Know, Where else would you I, be? I, I just want to, I want to see you try and do some exercise with that get up that you've got on today. It's, uh, well, it's... Actually, well, the shorts, we're okay. <laughs> Down below, we're gym ready. We're, we're organized. <laughs> Great. Well, uh, lovely, uh, lovely speaking to you guys. Thank you again for having me on. Thanks to the guys at Lion Technology for inviting me. And it's always a pleasure, Ben. And uh, look forward to seeing you again in person. We will do. I'll be down in London soon, I'm sure. We'll catch up then. Thanks, Monique. See you soon. Bye, guys.